Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. So this evening, uh, uh, Dharma talk is just uh, questions from Sangha, or questions, questions and answers. So if you uh, have some questions, I'd be happy to endeavor to respond to them. Sometimes this kind of a talk uh, works just as well as one with a particular topic. Goes on. Earlier during the Open Heart Project, Wondo um, asked a question about <clears throat> reflecting on the day's activities as a teaching or something mm -hmm. like that. How can we reflect on something without adding? Okay, so it is not about not adding, even though I say don't add. It is about noticing the way something arises or perhaps you're reflecting on something and then you start to come up with ideas and analysis and so on of, of that. So, uh, so less is better if you notice that you're spontaneously, excuse me, spontaneously adding on to something. Just, just be aware of that. It's, it's always, as I say over and over again, it's always about awareness, not particularly the the, the sub or the the item or the thought pattern or the the acceptance or rejection or any any manipulation that's happen hap, that is happening in the mind stream. Or um, it seems in order to remember it, like dreams, it helps to write it down. But once we write it down, it seems like there's added elaboration. You mean when you're recording a dream? Yeah. No, it doesn't seem to be a problem. Writing, writing, uh, waking up in the morning and then writing down your dreams is, can be helpful to do that. I think we did it as a as a community here for a while, for a couple of years. It's been a few years ago. Is anyone still doing that? You have really nice dreams. No. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for something to show up. Further about that or Sunshu? If one wakes up, um, is there any more healing that needs to happen? I am thinking of in therapy, healing. If, a, if someone wakes up, is there anything that needs healing? So, of course, healing is a very relative situation that is working with what happens in the material world. If you're wounded, then uh, and you eventually heal. And so uh, if you're uh, physically wounded, but if you're also hurt or harmed or um, abused by someone or, or a situation has been uh, a terrible situation for you and you have some, as they say, some scars over that or try to push that away. So that, you know, that, I think that applies. I think it's very situational. I think that could apply. It's a fundamental understanding that uh, transcends the, all the pluses and minuses, all the healing or not healing or success or failure and all the relative ideas that arise there because there is no solid uh, um entity, no solid identity left. There is something happening, but it is fundamentally unreal. So some healing, then that's a possibility, but it's not 
uh, wouldn't be that wouldn't be something you would uh, say try to heal or try to clear that up. So what what is arising if if you're doing sitting meditation or if you're fixing breakfast or whatever whatever is arising in the mind stream that is triggered by what you're working on, what your spouse says to you, or what happens on the television or in the neighborhood, or what happens on your mind in your mind uh, as you're sitting and various uh, uh, phantasmagoria come and go, um, memories of what happened when you were a child or. Um, a project that you're going to do tomorrow that you start to dream about or daydream about. Anything that's arising, insofar as you can, just observe that. And this, what this does, to say it very literally, very relatively, uh, because you're not doing anything other than receiving, then you're not producing. And the production area triggered by things that are produ produced by your particular karma, causes and conditions that arises is you and your, um, your life. Uh, how how uh, your everything from your eye color to your uh, your IQ, however that may relatively may arise. Whatever's arising, don't interfere with it. Don't push it down. Don't don't um, gather it together or try to uh, make excuses for it or justify it or explain it. And don't shut away from it. And in this way, the observer aspect, the, the that part of the consciousness that usually is identified with what's coming and going and creates the illusion of someone who's going somewhere or someone who is prevented from this or successful at that. All of the re relativity that arises in terms of uh, identity, the identity of me, who can heal or not heal, and, and other who is uh, wounded or not wounded or healing or not healing. So that uh, the polarity situation is what is challenging there. So it's not that that couldn't uh, come up. It's just part of dependent origination. It's just part of that which is arising because of that, 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 and this, and this, and this energy, and that energy, and this consideration, this lack of consideration. Very complicated and uh, quite impossible to go back in and, and some, with some, on some kind of a mission to help things heal. So I'm not saying it can happen to some extent, but it is relative and it is material. So you might have relative healing and ultimate missing the point. And what is the point? Not separate. Did I say that loud enough? It's not separate. You're not looking at something else. You can't see something else anywhere. It's a, an illusion. Does relative healing make it any easier to wake up? Well, it could, it could, you could, someone could uh, maybe just tell a story about it. Someone could uh, try to get help because of their difficulty with their mind stream and with their life, or with their, how they were raised or causes and conditions that are arising around them, not only outside in their life, but also in their mind, they're coming from wherever, beginningless time. And someone might have a lot of trouble and might go to a therapist or a dude might start out with that and might uh, that might be helpful to them. The, 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 they may also run into a situation where they begin to practice a meditation or study the Buddha's Dharma. But they might not be able to get to that point without some kind of therapy first. Without anything from therapy to 12-step programs or all the other things that are 
out there that serve to support people and just, uh, you could say, staying alive. So that you can even practice the Dharma. Do I look sleepy? I'm trying to look very awake. <clears throat> I'm doing okay. All right. Well, that's good. I was told earlier that I looked, I don't, I don't think they said I looked like a weakling, but it was kind of like they thought that I was not doing so well. Maybe. Is that what you're thinking? Well, by golly, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm old. Go ahead. Shut up. Do you see something now that you didn't see when Coben first taught you about <coughs> observing precepts? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't I don't know how to contrast it with a story about it, but they're they're not looking for anything else. At that time I was looking for something when I met him. Uh close to 30 or 28 years ago, 30, 30 oh, no, 30, 31 years ago, still looking for what, what, what should I do? What is this? What, what, what is this about? Fundamentally, I was still looking at, I'm not looking. This doesn't mean I'm like delighted all the time. Can we work with a teacher and not reinforce, reinforce our looking for something else? I think so, but it, but it's, it shows up differently with it's so situational with everyone. But you coming into this uh, space or into this practice from your with your background, someone else coming, not just the background in this lifetime, but in other lifetimes. I'm not promoting belief in anything, uh, past lives or reincarnation, nor am I uh, ignoring that. We're, we're uh, we are dependently arisen. As living beings, it's kind of an odd thing to discover that you're that you thought you were a human being. But if we see that we're continuing to do things that is looking for something else, trying to even get that from the teacher, should we continue to do that? Yeah, it's called practice. And how that shows up for you or how it shows up for anyone else. There, there's no, even though there's a path and there's a, there are structures and there are forms that we practice. Yeah, just do the best you can. Certainly. So it's, are you saying it's not a matter of not looking for something else? It's always about awareness. So if you're looking for something else, just be aware that that's what you're doing rather than try to stop that or, or change it or have a special practice that helps you uh, not look for anything. There, there are teachings that function that way that try to help you to relatively get better. Not incorrect, it's just, it's just a relative structure. I like having techniques for one of them is trying to stay awake in the shrine room or in the meditation hall or the zendo or there are techniques that you can do one of them is to um, and i'm sure those of you have been meditating for a while we all have, have heard different techniques for staying awake one is to go take a nap and then come back later but another one is to actually uh, raise your gaze up and then uh, uh, imagine air coming out of your lungs and filling up the 
space that you're in. Do I recommend that? No, no, I don't. I say fall asleep. It's about awareness. It's not about staying awake. Just a misunderstanding. And when I say misunderstanding, I'm not saying that your understanding or someone else's understanding isn't uh, is wrong. Mine is, I'm just saying it's just a way of understanding. I say, find out who you are by, by just watching what moves rather than having endeavoring to be someone else, like someone who stays awake in the cushion or someone who is more clear or uh, goes into samadhi and maintains the samadhi through whatever techniques. Junchu Bowing. Junchu. There's a question from Bobby. He asks, is awareness practice me taking action? Bowing. Yes, it is. I can describe it to you. You just finished breakfast and now you get up, action. You walk towards the wall, action. You fluff up your cushion, action. You sit down on the on the cushion and hold it, hold your posture up uh, straight and symmetrical. And you may have your hands in this uh, mudra or this one or something that is symmetrical and uh, observe what endeavor to observe anything that continues to move after you've brought everything softly and gently to a halt. Sit down, come to a halt, and then watch that which continues to ramp up or move along or shift or waver, come and go. And that's also, you could say it, it is an, an action or an intention that is aligned with the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, that it can be described as observing, can also be described as receiving or both. So yeah, you're, you're taking action. It's fairly minimal, but you're taking some. It's actually an action or an intention to hold still. Undo. Undo bowing. Um, how does watching what moves help us see that we are an aggregation of aggregations? I mean, this is not solid. Bowing. So watching what moves won't that that won't uh, we won't necessarily uh, through watching become a better watcher necessarily. The, 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 the Buddha nature or this deep understanding of what this is, it's already the case. It's just been covered up by uh, the, the kalashas, passion, aggression, ignorance, covering it up, holding it down, justifying, substituting this for that. And so the way in which it'll help you is you're, you're kind of rearranging your conditioning somewhat, sitting down. Normally, or every day, you would get up and do something else. You'd go for a walk or you'd do yoga. Not wrong. You could do yoga. Um, you'd watch the morning news or something. But in, in, this, in your situation, you would go, you live in a monastery. So you would, the forms are here and you come in and you practice. You might come in early. I think you even come in earlier than most people because of your work situation. So you come in and sit down, hold still, watch the movement. And through doing that, it, it's has to do with the intention to come and, and sit and the actual sitting and the actual observing. And that seems, it's not actually a muscle, but it seems to emphasize the attitude, the whole body-mind complex, the whole sensorium, 
however you want to characterize it, to sit down and just watch the movement. It's a very, very generous, uh, fundamental, fundamental, basic uh, substrate of generosity is to receive whatever moves. Just receive. And it's very gentle. You could even say it's feminine. It's very soft. Sit down. And I'm not saying you might not be receiving things that have a lot of jagged edges emotionally. And do it anyway. Do it anyway. And, and slowly see the begin to see the self-centeredness that does not want that. That also arises. See the self-centeredness that is perplexed by certain things happening that that it or they or you cannot quite understand or or tend to cause uh, little whirlpools of thought off to one side that we get engaged in or we get sucked into or seduced into thinking, well, maybe there's a solution there. There is no solution, but you, you may. Uh, may have to see that by going into those uh, rest areas. More? <clears throat> I still don't see how the, um, that observing what moves helps us see that we are not, that there is no self going. Because by watching what moves, if you watch, let's, let me say it this way. If you watch what moves and you add, if you watch what moves you subtract, so you, Add. In other words, you explain what that is. You 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 impute that. Well, that's I'm thinking that because of this. Well, well, if she hadn't said that, then I wouldn't be sitting here concerned with it. Or the next time I talk to him, I'm not going to let him speak to me. I'm just making things up. So if you sit down and you kind of ruminate around those things, what you're doing is things arise spontaneously that apparently arisen. Your thoughts are too, but the way we're working with that is rather than fueling that aspect of thinking. Uh, we're going to we're going to cut back and cut into that a little bit by saying, okay, just watch what moves, and in so far as you can without struggle, don't add to it. And by doing that, eventually, over time, it's called practice. Over time, the awareness uh, becomes uh, strong. So you, you're you're just receiving. You're just receiving rather than producing things based on reacting to something. Or based on something else, or react to judge it, react to accept it, reject, re react to agree with it, or react to just want to distract yourself and and go into following the breath, or find some other. You know, imagine that you're uh, you're um, doing something. You're working in your garden, something you'd like to do rather than this. You know, it's pretty subtle, but you can you can go into a if you're uh, sitting, you can go into a sexual fantasy. Well, not you. You're not going to do that. <laughs> But you could go into something that in order to, to help your, move yourself away from some kind of something that's arising in your mind stream. It's just difficult. Is that incorrect? No. No, if that happens spontaneously, that's also uh, dependently arisen. So it's not about controlling it. However, the ego mind, the self-centered mind, as we go on, will feel less and less empowered because you aren't even empowering the ego mind to go in and fix something that it knows damn well it can fix. So you're actually, it may feel like you're working against yourself. It's called the spiritual path, not the mundane path. There are mundane aspects to it, but so to go back to what I understand your question to be by not fueling anything, not, not, not giving uh, other than give it your attention, but not giving any, 
giving it any nutrition, the ego mind, any nutrition or any uh, buildup by some kind of, a, you're getting somewhere, you're accomplishing something, you're more, you have more prajna or whatever. By doing that, then the actual witnessing aspect, consciousness, uh, the, the, you could even call the wisdom aspect of consciousness, that which just receives, just receives. And it, do, it, it doesn't receive, if this happens, I'll receive that. Or if this is that, then I'll receive. It's just a receiving. So one changes one's allegiance, a simple metaphor for it is over, over from, and it's not exactly this, it's only part of it. It's like changing your allegiance over your identity is no longer your emotions. The emotions are rise and fall and you are um, unmoved. This doesn't mean you don't feel them intensely. You might feel them more intensely by not covering it up with an identity that feels that way. Because that's a leaving the emotion for an identity which can somehow get away or control it or be someone better, be someone that doesn't have that feeling. Or there must be some way I can get through this. But just deeply feel. I sometimes say, I've said over and over again, feel all the way to the center of the earth. Just feel, just feel, just. And if thinking comes up, just think. So no, no warfare, no objecting, no agreeing, and no looking away, passion, aggression, and ignorance. And over time, because it's a spiritual path and because this is a spiritual a discipline, you could say, sitting down, you sit down and look at the wall for a few hours every day, several hours every day, more than several in some cases. And, and this is just bringing everything to a, to a, a situation of uh, stillness and even silence, but perhaps not right, not right away. It won't end up as a result. By doing that, eventually, and this is another way of talking to it, is the, uh, talking about it, is the allegiance that is trying to fix the emotions or trying to get rid of how you feel. Sometimes I say, I don't give a shit how you feel. I mean, of course I do. I, I love everybody. I don't want you to suffer, but I know that if you go to war with that or try to fight that or try to cover that up, that's temporary. You have to see who you are fundamentally. If you see who you are fundamentally, there may be suffering, there may not. You won't be too concerned with it. You won't be concerned with a person who feels put upon because suffering is happening, because the suffering will be all pervasive. The whole world is suffering. Avalokiteshvara Chenrezig didn't look down and see uh, a bunch of rainbows. He, she, they, she was a rainbow. So that's why she was there, could see everything, the suffering of the world. So, and so what would happen is the allegiance between the emotion, trying to get rid of that feeling or trying to find out what is, what is, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this or anything. Instead of being, being concerned with that, it's just stuff coming in and out of your room, out in, in and out of your mind stream. The actual mind stream itself is fundamentally silent, stable, and quiescent. It's called equilibrium. It's called equanimity. And it is not, you don't do equanimity. You are that in along with the chaos. And in spite of the chaos or as the chaos. And so as that happens, as one practices, Somehow, the as it's uh, classically talked about in the Yogacara tradition, is a turning about turning about at the basis of consciousness. Whether that's the case, or whether it's a good 
a metaphor or not, I, I don't know. We could use that. But the, some kind of differentiation uh, and desire that used to be happening just stops functioning that way. And so you don't do it. You don't get to awaken yourself. Uh, if you do anything, you would say you get to stop covering up your Buddha nature, which, is all, which has been there uh, since the beginning of time. And so by looking at what moves, eventually we begin to see or eventually see, or there's a turning about, not shutting out what is moving, but seeing that there's no, there's no one seeing that. There's no being, me, you, anyone else who is actually, there's no, you can't say it's arising, but there isn't anything else. There's just that. This is called thusness, sometimes called suchness. It's what it is, and even though it may show up relatively as uh, the 10,000 things, it's just fundamentally not separate. So that's what the, the practice is training you to watch what moves without, without allegiance, without uh, ob objecting, not joining any polit politics of experience, and at the same time not missing that there's some intense confusion going on in this, you know, three feet away and 10... Uh, uh, 20 feet down the street that is based on intense fear where someone is hurting someone else. The way the world handles this, if there depends on which side of the, of the you know, ball diamond they're on, they could either be helping people or they could be um, getting rid of their fear by uh, dumping that fear onto others in the form of aggression, Get, getting rid of the fear because those are the bad people we need to deal with them. So, um, and you don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that if you want to go and protest uh, here, that I'm saying, oh no, you should just watch the wall rest. No, you, you should do both. If you want to, you want to march and carry signs that help the society that promote uh, kindness to others, certainly. But the primary situation should be. To train the mind, you've heard me say this many times, I'm saying it again, so that if you do get up off your cushion and go out into that extremely um, energetic and uh, warlike area that your, that your own aggression uh, isn't triggered, where you put your own aggression onto others and think that they're the ones who's, who are who's aggressive, when actually you're, you're just dumped, because it's so easy to get, be triggered by the otherness uh, thinking that that's the aggression when actually the aggression is aggression that you haven't seen more um, <clears throat> disempowering the ego um how does that help us see that there there isn't a self here So, <clears throat> as long as there's a self that's objecting to something or, or a, a imputed person, I'm over here, you're over there, uh, individual people with body-mind complex and a kind of history and, a, and patterns of doing this and doing that and education and all the other things that describe us, including other people's ideas, opinions about us and our culture and everything else. Just being a woman or just being a man locks up uh, some of this uh, so that you can't see deeply into this. 
and it's, it's not that the, the, the relative situation isn't correct. It's not that people aren't uh, mistreated because of men mistreating women or white people mistreating uh, black and brown people. Of course, that's it's been going on. This xenophobia, this prejudice has been going on for centuries and centuries. It's not that that isn't happening, but the issue is much deeper than just trying to solve that so people stop doing that to you because that's just trying to get a healthy ego. It's not that you couldn't do that. If we didn't have to die, uh, maybe after a few, three or 400 years of being alive, we eventually stop butchering each other. But since we, we do die, and rare for anybody to live to even be 100, let alone past that, we we go to back into the elements, die, without really being clear about what this is. So any aggression that has been covered up or anything that has been inflicted upon you as you've been alive, and it depends on how you've handled that. Uh, you may have handled that in such a way that instead of you being uh, uh, coming out on the, as a knight in shining arbor in the next lifetime might be in the opposite situation because of the polarities. There is no individual in the skandhas. Don't believe me. Just because there's a body-mind complex here, there's no individual. So there's no there's no individual who can slowly get better and never do anything wrong. This is it is a big situation, and it is dependent. There isn't anything that shows up as something dependent on everything else for its apparent somethingness, including in the spirit realm. There are spirits who have passed on who are still at war. Still, passion aggression things are still happening there. And, and this area is an area where you can actually see it. You're, you're alive. So this, you have some stability. You actually have some continuity. But when you pass on, then the continuity, there's some continuity, but it's not based on, on understanding. It's based on what's happened being alive. How do I know? I don't know. I don't do this with some kind of gathered knowledge. It's, it's more or less, it just is that that's how it shows up. More? Did I even answer your question? You did. Um, I may not have understood it. Yeah, it, it's, that's a difficult one because we, we have language and we have uh, grammar and we have words, numbers and all that. And we try to use that to somehow approach something that if you see this, it would be difficult to, I would even say this, to back up into the thought process and try to talk in such a way that you're, that you don't abandon what you're, what you're seeing right in front of you. It's not a conclusion. You don't conclude that you're not separate from anyone. You don't need to conclude it. You, you just know, you know it. You know, you've always known it. Yu Hongbaoling, the nature of ego is same for all? The nature of it? Yeah, it's just that aspect of the consciousness that has uh, that is grasping at someone who's having some experience or someone who's doing the grasping it's it's different for you know it shows up in different ways some people are more obviously self-centered or narcissistic or full of themselves and uh, and other people don't seem to be that way at all but maybe very uh, self-centered or very but, but their way of working with it, they just, they might even look like they're humble. They might have decided to try to look as humble as possible. This protects them from anybody else's criticism. 
many ways to function to protect the identity. Further questions? Go ahead. How does the pain of pain apply to the thought? So, <clears throat> are you really going to ask me to deconstruct that for you? Okay. So first, tell me what the pain of pain is. How do you how do you see what is a what do you that's the the three types of suffering according to the teachings: pain of pain, pain of alternation, the pain of the composite. How would you talk about the pain of pain? The way I understand it is that we have nerve endings and they're braided. And I'm confused by thoughts because they don't seem to have nerve endings. Mm -hmm. uh, How do you know that? Is there, is there pain uh, that, is a, that, is a, that is aligned in some way with thought patterns? Or is there an emotional dynamic that's happening there? Seems like it. So I would, I would say that's just the thought alone, uh, just pure analysis of something or pure the functionality that happens with what's called the sixth consciousness or just a kind of uh, general uh, generic thinking process that, that, uh, that helps us to see as a consciousness to see that that which is uh, perceiving uh, a fragrance and that which is perceiving a sense of touch and that which is perceiving thought patterns is the same one This in this body-mind complex. So it's a very, very uh, generic or just operating in terms of synchronizing those, you could say, or bringing those together the same way that uh, the five skandhas form, feeling, perception, concept, or memory and consciousness come together to form the appearance of a, of a being with a body-mind complex who's walking to the store or who was uh, getting ready to uh, take a shower or one who was sitting down to meditate. And so when it comes to pain of pain, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can say more unless I get an idea of what it is you want to know about it. Because I can't, the way it's showing up for me, I, I can't, uh, I need your help. You're the IT person. I'm not. What are the nerve endings that are abraded by thought? So that's my way of talking about nerve endings, sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of hearing. So sometimes just seeing something, uh, we, we, we might see something that's very beautiful. We might see something that is very ugly. And that seeing is conjoined with the thought process to, to judge that. We don't just see color. We, we see eventually when we see what is there, we might see a, a corpse or someone who was murdered and is bleeding. It might be very colorful, but because of the thought process with it, it modifies it. And that doesn't mean that you wouldn't see beauty there in something that was dead and bleeding. The painter, uh, Sean Sotin, actually went to the butcher and got uh, half, half a slab of uh, uh, beef and hung it up and painted, looked at the ribs and the flesh and everything and painted it because it was so colorful. So I'm just using that because it's just, there's so many different ways that it can show up in each, with each person. For some people that might be, oh, look at that, that's terrible to see that. Whereas with him, he was color, looking at the color. It seems more.
if you if you can ask that question in a in a way that's more helpful to me instead of trying to make it things difficult for me, <laughs> I'd be happy to respond. Not it's not an easy question. Go ahead. Do you have it? What is a nerve ending? No. Uh, that which is is uh, preceded by a dendrite. That close. Goes on. Is that close? No. <laughs> Medical people to see it. There's a. But she showed you have a question. Go ahead. Uh, following on on Jiuzan's question, are uh, negative emotions the pain of pain of thoughts? Bowing. Well, I think it could be seen that way uh, as a, a you know tentatively, or it could be seen that way. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, clamp doubt on it and start writing essays about it. I mean, you could use that as a, as a, just a touch and go reference. If you, if you, if you were curious or wondering about that, you could use it in that way, but, but it's, it's very tempting to lock down on something and say, this is how this is, especially when it comes to the mind stream. You notice there are all kinds of people with ideas about the mind, about what even thoughts are. We don't even know what they are, but we think we do because we think we stick a needle in somebody's, brain and they have a memory of eating, eating watermelon uh, 20 years ago. Uh, ah, we're onto something. No, you're not. Not anything. <laughs> I'm making, I'm making a, a joke about it, but I'm saying that that particular kind of exploration uh, might be better to sit down and discover what this is with what it is, rather than discover what it, what it is with some other kind of, you know, bulldozer trying to push dirt around trying to build something, trying to create something in a relative way rather than actually go into the nature of consciousness itself. Well, when I say consciousness itself, I'm saying there's no, the, the polarity that shows up there is just that, it's just a polarity. There's no right and wrong there. That's something that's added. What, what is it that adds that? Fear. How do I know? Again, I don't know it's information. I, I, I know it because I see it. So I, I don't need to, need to have some kind of information about it to know what it is. Sure, bowing. Um, in that image of the beef, I think you, you brought up how someone might see that and have to turn away because they, they've kind of colored that in with yes. some, something died. Is the artist seeing beauty in that um, a kind of turning away too? Could be. They're looking at something and... and it's, I think it's a touchy area because if uh, someone, any, anytime someone is participating in what we call dependent origination as a creator, as someone who's beginning to understand how things are created and aligning themselves with that power, that energy, that force, that person, uh, in order to do that, uh, I'm not saying someone can't have the karma where they're extremely good at balancing things or someone has the karma where they, they uh, like a, you know, can't learn to play the violin when they're five or six years old because they just have that kind of, they're coming into the world with that kind of a natural uh, ability. But someone who aligns themselves, whatever they're producing, whether it's painting or music or poetry or, or a science, who aligns themselves with dependent origination instead of fighting with it, then that, that the very nature of that will, uh, dependent origination, 
will lose the personhood and still be able to create something. Quite often you hear artists who are say, I just, uh, especially writers or even painters just say, I just got out of the way and it just occurred. It just happened. I don't remember even creating this or writing this. I just, just began to show up and I got out of the way. There's uh, even one uh, writer, I can't recall her name, who said that she kind of channeled all of her novels. They came from light, other lifetimes or other, I would say, apparent lifetimes. She just wrote about things that happened in the ancient Egypt and so on. If, if we were to look at the, at the beef and just see the colors and textures, is that what emptiness is pointing to? I see where you're where you're going with it, what you're asking about, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that would be that would end up being somewhat circular. Yeah, you have, a, you have kind of a, an intellectual understanding of what that is, but it's a, it, it needs to be a direct perception, and the direct perception of emptiness is not uh, realization. That's part of the path. The emptiness is the path. You realize that you've been fooled by your mind, and so everything becomes empty of what you thought it was. There's more to do after that. And when I say there's more to do, it's not exactly a doing. It's just continue. Don't don't camp out in emptiness. But what's emptiness that doesn't abandon the thought process? Paraphrase that question. I'm thinking of it in terms of. Um, the three turnings where emptiness is the second and then there's the a turning after that with Buddha nature or sometimes luminosity. Um, so does that third turning of the luminosity include the, the thinking process? It, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exclude anything. So rather than say include, it doesn't exclude anything. Sure, fine. So, does emptiness as a stage on the path exclude the thinking process? No. Further questions? Any questions out there in Zoomville? Hi, Brett. Jason Bowing. Yes, Jason. Um, is there a difference between Feeling a feeling and observing a feeling. I think that they, the idea there is to observe. So we get caught up in that as a function that is somehow separate from the emotion of the feeling. I think it's, I wouldn't split hairs in that area. The idea is to sit down, hold still, watch what moves. And if some kind of emotion uh, is coming up because of something that happened that day and you're sitting right in the middle of a, you know, a pool of, uh, of uh, difficulty or stress or anxiety or conflict between yourself and uh, your partner or your, your friend or something. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a matter of receiving that as much as you can without trying to repair it or fix it or reshape it so it's more palatable or more you can digest it more. Just... The, the leading edge of that kind of thing is that's that's what it is. There, there is no particular tail to it. It's just whatever shows up, that's it. Other than so we got to get to the deeper part of it or figure it out. 
I'm just a bit confused because earlier you said to someone about feeling it to the center of the earth. And I know that I know within myself that I can lean into a feeling and then it kind of becomes stronger, or I can just kind of try to maybe be just slightly zoomed out and just kind of look at it, maybe feel it a little bit, but like not try to, that's me trying to not try to mess with it. But I know that I can attach to it. So that's why I'm wondering if there's a difference. That doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the way you're describing it, that's how it's done. Just continue to do, continue to do that. Just continue to uh, be as uh, um, um, minimalist as you can. Less is better. Sit down, hold still, and just sit there. Less is better. We don't need a lot of fancy uh, forms or anything. This doesn't mean that we may not need to chant sutras or do some things that give us a stronger uh, kind of an invisible uh, backbone to what this is, because this is very difficult to do. It's very difficult, if you have not noticed, to sit down and hold still for several hours and just watch the movement of the mind without getting, without, without there being any particular payoff. Your teacher won't even congratulate you. Is there, um, I don't know. I, I thought I had a question, but I'm not sure. I was just thinking, cause you said it's very difficult. It is. And I find it not so difficult. And I'm thinking what's wrong with that picture? You're probably cheating. <laughs> you're gonna have to i don't want you to say too much i don't want to, people to hear you uh developing some way of getting out of the difficulty of it my goodness all these people are having such a difficult time with sitting meditation and, and you're having an easy go of it i mean it's not horribly easy but it's not that <laughs> bad like it's just not like I know. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions because this, this may clear things up. So, Jason, how old are you? Um, four zero. Forty? Yes. I'm not really good with numbers, so I just have to check. So, four zero. Okay, you're 40, and you've been meditating in the style that I teach. How long? In the style that you teach since uh, probably... February, maybe March of this year. Okay. And what were you, were you doing meditation before then? Yeah, I was um, doing meditation with Susan Piver, the the um, the kind where you follow your breath. Shamata Vipassana? Or yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. And you did that with her? or It with... was follow your breath and then label, label thoughts as thinking. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. I, I taught that myself for long time and okay. i did that with her i've been probably doing that on and off kind of online with her for gosh maybe 10 years now approximately so why aren't you still doing that or are you well because with my physical disability following breath feels not very natural to me um because i i look at my breath all day anyway because I have difficulty breathing. So I never found that to be completely right for me. And also I'm able, I'm the kind of person who can just kind of 
I saw a little bit more than that, I guess, more than just what was there. And uh, I, I'm pretty good at just sitting still and doing nothing, like in, in life, like I'm just really good at that anyway. So right. that's why I say it's pretty easy for me. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to help you. Okay, you ready? Yeah. It's going to get harder. And, and if, you, if you continue to talk to me, which you may or may not, I mean, I might last another year, it might last 10 years. But if you continue to talk to me, uh, then, uh, uh, yeah, then, then I'll, I'll work with you. Uh, but I, and I may change your technique, but I, I won't. I wouldn't change it now. I would say you're doing exactly what you need to do. I would say let's you know let's just keep going on going along. I might have to do this for another couple of years. I mean, I don't even know what harder and easier even is supposed to to mean or look like. Anyway, I mean, if I'm really honest with myself. Well, I don't want you to be dishonest with yourself. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> So I would say, let me give you some feedback that's very direct. I say you're doing exactly what you need to do. And, uh, and this meditation practice for some people is extremely difficult. Most people it's difficult, but not everyone. And of course, you're, you, like you say, with your disability, your, your situation is compromised. And you, you know, have you had this disability all your life? Yes. Yeah. So you know, you're kind of used to the, 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 that aspect of your living situation that's, uh, that has, uh, has some qualifications to it. And so you could say that maybe it, you, it might be more accessible because you're because of your the whole dynamic of just being in your body mind complex might be easier for you to do that. But you're still looking at forms that are rising in the mind. I can tell by the way you um, describe uh, how, what's what you're going through and so on that you're you have a very uh, elaborate uh, thought process. And it's not wrong. I'm not saying that you need to be otherwise. But I'm just saying this it may take a while. It may take a while, especially doing shikantaza. Uh, Shamatha Vipassana, Lakhtang uh, Shine, is about uh, calm abiding or resting in tranquility and then eventually moving into uh, Vipassana or panoramic awareness or Lakhtang. And, and not, not incorrect. It's just that some people, that's the only way they're going to be able to do this. They aren't going to be able to uh, do... Uh, Shikantaza, uh, or just precisely this. Just in our situation, what we're doing here, the way I understand it, is that that anything that moves is object of meditation. Uh, it could be your breath. You could sit and watch the breath for twenty minutes. The idea, the, the idea, there's not to fasten on it and try to remain with the breath or return to the breath. Label thinking, return to the breath. Label thinking, return to the breath. Not that that's incorrect, but that creates a meditator it creates it creates a, a kind of a hollowed out area in consciousness that becomes meditative according to the description so and it protects the person the person can probably sit longer some people maybe not in your situation so it's it's not incorrect so much as it's uh, uh it, it's i think it slows things down do i know that not not really i don't know if it slows things down but it's it's trying to construct some kind of idea of awareness and some idea of calm abiding and some idea of uh, what panoramic awareness is as, as something else, something you need to gain or get to or strengthen. And I'm not saying there isn't some kind of quality of, of that that would happen for each person. But my understanding based on doing this, all of this for a little while, is that you, you need to be 
uh, the arbiter of your own practice. So therefore, um, some people are doing that kind of practice. Some people are might have their eyes closed with my uh, um, um, you know, recommendation, perhaps, just because of how they're working with their mind and what's showing up for them. Some people may be following their breath. But the basic thing that I say is, let's start with the as radical a form of meditation as possible, which is sit down, hold still, and observe. That's radical because then the ego mind does not know how to turn that into some kind of nutrition for the self-centered to keep the self-centeredness going. But if you're able to stay with your breath and you're able to label thinking and you're able to accomplish that, then the, not in every case, but then the ego gets kind of a credential out of that, of being able to accomplish that. Thank you. Thank you. Further questions? Back to what you said to Jason, during when the ego, when you label, the ego get credential. However, if you could, with awareness, be aware of getting, uh, be aware of the ego get gets more uh, credential, is that a way to work with that? You could. I wouldn't be against it, uh, but if you ask me what, what should I do? I'll say less is better. Don't, don't, don't go into those. But if you come to me uh, or anyone comes and said, you know, I really prefer to do uh, Shamatha Vipassana or Laktong, Shini and Laktong or calm abiding and panoramic. And I prefer to do that. Um, you know, I wouldn't say, well, you can't be my student. And I said, no, just stay in touch with me. Keep going, keep doing that. And then, so it wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't correct someone and say, no, that's the wrong way to do it. I would, I would meet you where you're at. I don't know what it's like to be you or anyone, but I know what this is like. And uh, what this is showing me that it might be good to be more radical with the sitting practice, start where we're at instead of build ourselves into some kind of a meditative consciousness called me and the, and how calm my mind is. So it's not something to correct. I have told people to, who are doing uh, different kinds of meditation, if they, if I become their teacher, I say, check this out, do this this way for a while, see how that goes. And then people come back and say, well, I'd really rather do that. Well, go ahead and do that then for a while. Quite often, not always, but quite often they would come back and say, having this problem or that problem or this issue. And I've said, well, you might want to do some more chicken taza. I've also had people do the other kinds of meditation and come and when they, stumble into this particular kind, uh, kind of meditation because it is so radical that people begin to immediately connect with their, their basic situation. It might not be as so easy. It might not be comfortable, but there's some kind of, uh, just sit down, but you're totally by yourself. You don't have the teachings of the Buddha. You don't have any mantras. And, and I know about mantras. I've done millions of them, as some of you have. So I'm not, I'm not but it doesn't, I'm not saying it couldn't be helpful, but the fundamental thing that seems helpful is less is better, radical, sit down, take it right down to the bone, just shave it right down and just sit, look at the wall, eyes are open, ears, tongue, nose, body, mind, all the senses are on receive. And if you close one of them down, like if you close the eyes, uh, the rest of the senses tend to do the same thing. They shrink back and are less, they, they, they're not as tuned into 
the particular object that would come into their milieu or their mind stream or their, their the, the particular area of that, uh, whatever olfactory consciousness or something, because the eyes are the most of all those sense fields. Those are the ones that create the strongest illusion of otherness. I'm here and everything else is out there, but to someone who can't see, uh, which we have uh, some people that are without sight, um, their perception is quite a bit different. They're, they're using their other senses are starting to develop into uh, senses that actually see dimensional space. Like people who are, who have, are sight impaired uh, will walk into, we've had people come in here and uh, who go flick or something like that. And they can tell you how big the room is because they're, have sonar, kind of the kind of sonar, very interesting, and possibly even tell the shapes. We had some uh, people do. I don't want to say the person's name because that's. Um, but if they were here, uh, we could talk about it. But they can actually sense that how something is shaped through sonar. So it's, a, it's an incredibly vast and wide area of consciousness that sh just happens to show up as sound light reflecting off from objects, taste, smell, fragrance, thinking, and then touch. Just astonishing situation that we just take for granted. We come into this world and we just, just take it for granted. Those who are not taking it grant for granted are uh, two and a half years old. We have our own specimen here, <laughs> our own Rumi. Rumi, watch Rumi and Rumi just <laughs> just into whatever's there. He's, he wants to look, feel, smell, taste, speak. Astonishing. Any of you have children, or if you remember being two and a half years old. Pretty exciting. Take another question uh, from, especially someone who has not asked a question, if there is anyone. Yeah, I can see there's a whole lot of people I haven't asked a question, so I didn't mean that. <laughs> Thought I forgot that you hadn't asked a question. But I, after we get done, I go to my book and say, Shoki didn't ask a question. Uh, Teresa didn't has, ask a question. Eric didn't ask a question. Chisho asked a question. <laughs> Eric sends cookies. Eric, did you send us cookies? You did? Yeah. You got it. I ate one and then 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 I started to eat another one and I, I could feel people squeaking behind me because I'm diabetic. <laughs> and uh, and then Sanchu came in. Do <laughs> you mind if I share that? Sanchu <laughs> came in and said, I have a question for you. I'm not, I'm not very good at acting like Sanchu because I'm an ugly old man and she's a beautiful woman. So um, just a description, not a compliment. And she said, when you pick up a cookie, should I try to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> and of course I know what she's totally serious. I know what she means because I, had people here before uh, 
Well, even Kozan sometimes have chased me down the hallway and I could run, <laughs> trying to get the cookie out of my hand because they're trying to keep me from. I think I told them once, I said something about Trump or Rinpoche, that some of the students should have stopped him from drinking all that sake. You know, he might have lived a few more years. And I think they they bit. <laughs> and then I thought, well, we're going to keep you alive by taking your cookies away. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway, it was uh, funny. And what did I tell you? I said probably not <laughs> because that would hurt Eric's feelings <laughs> and I wouldn't get a cookie. Of course, we still got quite a few left and they've probably hidden them by now once they saw that I was going to stay away from them. That's okay. I'm still here for a while. But one last question if there is one out in uh, Zoom. Anyone? You don't have to have one. Okay, let's close. We'll dedicate the merit here in the of Zendo. Just penetrate through all places so that we in that race and team together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. All Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the lane and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.